We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS MLB Podcast Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Brunon, joined one final time this season by John McKechnie, and we're coming at you on September the 27th. John, the end of the regular season is mere days away. That means this is our last turn at the Wednesday pod. I feel like we've risen to the occasion, improving our percentage of great picks in the second half over a pretty uh, poor first half, I'll say, for me at least, and hope that our listeners... Have yeah, speak for in. yourself there, man. Come I on I did. Now. I just did. I just did. Look at this guy riding high and mighty. <laughs> I'm also looking forward to coming around, coming around in the springtime for our third straight year of working on these pods. It's been a good time, though, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's something that I look forward to every Wednesday. And, and now I'm sort of just sort of uh, like buried in the college football stuff for the site. So uh, get, you know, getting an opportunity to take an hour to just talk baseball with you every week has really been uh, a lot of fun uh, this whole season again. So I'm g- glad we got to do it again. I'm looking forward to next year already. That's right. You lobby hard at the home office that you want to do it with me again. I want to do the same from my end. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll have to argue too hard. But uh, yeah, we'll make sure it, we'll make sure it works out. Good, John. Uh, before we get into our breakdown of top FanDuel picks for tonight's games, I invite you to follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow John at Johnny McKex, as he's implied. He's not just a one-trick pony, and neither am I. We're, we're, we're able to help you out all year long with all four of the major sports, and even the college sports scene. Uh, John handles uh, the football side with some great aplomb there, and uh, one of the best in the business that I've seen, uh, learning a lot from him on that side, but uh, I want to teach him Appreciate some hockey. I want to teach him some hockey, so I hope he pays, pays attention in the wintertime, too. I'm, I'm willing to learn. I, there, there's a lot of uh, catching up I need to do on that so looking forward to that very good uh, John let's go through the matchups with a quick quick preview of tonight's projected starters 
All right, leading us off here for the night slate, we got the Rays with Matt Andrees, 5-4 and four mark, 4-4-4 four, four, four ERA, going to Yankee Stadium to face Luis Severino and the Yankees, 13-6 and six mark, 3-0-3 ERA for him. Yankees heavily favored at home here, minus 280 uh, home favorites. 8.5 is your over-under there. That's a 7.05 start. Then we have the Nationals with Tanner Roark, 13-10 and 10 mark, 4-4-1 four, four, ERA. Uh, road favorites there, going to Philadelphia, uh, minus 70 road favorites, sorry. Going against the Phillies and Mark Leiter Jr., three and six mark, four six nine ERA. That's also a seven oh five Eastern start. Then the Orioles with Gabrielle Enoa, two and two mark, three four one ERA. Going to Pittsburgh to face Chad Cool and the Pirates, four three one ERA for him. Pirates slight home favorites at minus one twenty five. The implied over under there sitting at nine. Then we have the Cubs with John Lackey uh, as the Cubs look to to clinch the NL Central on uh, St. Louis's turf. Uh, that'd be that's going to be a huge game tonight. Going against Michael Waka defending the home turf there for the Cardinals. Twelve and eight mark for him. Four point oh ERA. The Cardinals sitting at a a very lean minus one ten home favorite. Nine is your over under there. Then we have the Twins with Adalberto Mejia. Four and six mark. Four four eight ERA. Going to Cleveland to face Danny Salazar and the Indians, 448 mark for him. And a, the Indians are minus 180 home favorites, nine and a half is your over under there. Then the Blue Jays with Marco Estrada, 10 and 8 mark, 47 ERA. Going to Boston to face Rick Porcello and the Red Sox, 10 and 17 mark. So really a, a flip uh, from from last year's totals for Porcello. Kind of a what goes to show you about the, the kill the win uh, kind of faction of baseball fans there because. Uh, Things have not turned out so well for Porcello, 4.55 ERA for him, but Boston is heavily favored at home, minus 170 home favorites. Yeah, that's despite the fact they've lost the first two games of the series, and you know I haven't had a chance to crow about the Blue Jays too much, but I'd love it if they ju- just uh, swept them tonight. That would be an interesting It'd be hilarious. Yeah, just cute. Message. Yeah, just just like bother them, just just bug them, because I know they're going to make. The, I know they're already in the playoffs yeah. and everything. Just you know, kind of make them sweat a little bit here. That's right. Uh, and to complete the slate tonight, we got the Braves throwing Sean New. Newcomb with a 4 and 8 mark, a 4.26 ERA against the Mets and Robert Gesellman. 7 and 7 is the record, 5.38, the inflated ERA there. The Mets are a home favorite, a narrow home favorite, minus 110, the over under 9, and uh, that's a 7.10 start. Then we have the Angels and Garrett Richards, who hasn't really been rewarded. Uh, the way the way he's pitched so far with a 150 ERA, he posted an 0-2 mark. So further to what you said about wins and losses, here's another case uh, exhibit B. Let's call him. The, he right. goes into Chicago White Sox territory. Ronaldo Lopez, the opposing pitcher there, three and three with a 4.54 ERA for that 8-10 start. Then uh, the Reds' Homer Bailey. I'll have more to say about him during the course of this show, and you'll find out why very shortly. Five and nine the record, 6.96 the ERA, and he goes in with his club to Milwaukee facing Brandon Woodruff, a game the Brewers need to get and Woodruff's two and two with a 376 ERA their home favorite at minus 170 the over under set at nine and a half for that 810 start then we have uh, Tigers and Jordan Zimmerman eight and three is his record another inflated ERA 6.19 at Jason Hamill uh, who is uh, eight and 13 with a 532 ERA I think the over under should be a lot higher based on on what I'm seeing there but the uh, home side Royals are favored minus 185 nine and a half the uh, over under and that's an 850 start and finally we have the Padres throwing Clayton Richard 8 and 14 another lopsided win-loss record the wrong way 463 the ERA at the Dodgers and Rich Hill their steady starter 11-8 is the record uh, 350 the ERA the Dodgers again a huge home favorite and minus 220 and the uh, over-under set at uh, a low on the board of seven and a half for that 10-08 start all right uh, 
partner, let's get out, let's go out in style, beginning with our, a look at our starting pitchers as we take a look at the top end of the FanDuel board where we see three cream-of-the-crop options, I'll call them price-wise, on the FanDuel board. Let me take a crack at this first. Louis Severino, Rich Hill, and Tanner Rourke are the names. Severino, for his part, is dealing with a bruise on his non-pitching shoulder, but for me, that's not a big issue. He's enjoyed a good bit of success against the Rays hitters, and I look at his op- opposite numbers and see a guy, Andres, who's been lit up by the Yankee batters, giving up homers and a slash line that any slugger would envy. So I'm uh, pretty much on the side of, of uh, the Yankees in this one. Then at $10,300, you'll have to pay, pay for that high win probability. The same narrative applies for Rich Hill versus San Diego and Clayton Richards. It's a lot of money to, to put, a, put down and will limit your ability to spend on your offense, though. Rourke is uh, a much more effective play for me at $9,000, especially in holding, uh, noting that he holds opponents to three runs or less in 11 of his last 12 game starts. Uh, that leading that leads to a, sort of, a lot of solid uh, FanDuel game scores for him in the in the last uh, month and a half. I'll say two months. Uh, he's an easy pick for me out of the top three. John, what say you about this trio? Yeah, I think you bring up some good points, especially on Roark. Um, you know, second half ERA at three two four. Um, you know, one oh seven is his WHIP uh, since the All Star break. K rate over nine per nine innings. So I mean, all those are are favorable numbers. Um, I just think that you know, at this stage of the season, it's not going against the same Phillies team that we saw earlier this season. They've kind of uh, gone ahead and, and plunged headfirst in, into kind of getting their new players and their younger players up into the up into the bigs, and it's really paid off a lot. So there there are some dangerous bats in there. So I'm a little bit a little bit worried on Roark, um, especially from the win probability perspective. And then you got to consider also that Washington hasn't been shy about kind of. Uh, kind of throwing in the towel on some of their lineups lately over the last uh, few days, kind of getting some guys uh, some rest as the playoffs approach. Um, So I could see a situation where Roark is pitching uh, in front of a Nationals lineup that's pretty like weak uh, compared to what we're used to seeing. Those are my only concerns there. Um, But then, you know, as far as Hill goes, he's a guy that uh, we'll talk about later um, when, when we talk about some of our season-long uh, observations uh, for FanDuel. Uh, he's a guy that it's been pretty hard to trust throughout. When he's good, he's good, but uh, you know th- things often change for him, and the, the blister issue always seems to be something that, that's concerning. And then Severino is expensive, um, so and I could also see what, or, uh, the Yankees maybe. Uh, you know, kind of not having him go super deep into this game because, you know, there's a potential that he he starts that wild card game for them and want to be as fresh as possible. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not I'm not huge on this tier to begin with is, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with you, John. And that was a good point you brought up on Severino and, and some of the other pitchers who are pitching for contending teams. You might want to lay off them for the reason you just suggested. They might not pitch well deep into these games tonight. So keep an eye on that good point raised. Let's look at the next group of seven hurdlers priced from eighty nine hundred down to seventy five hundred. In this group, I, I think uh, Estrada for the Blue Jays is a standout at eighty three hundred dollars. He's re- rediscovered his top form, John, of much of the last two seasons during which he has been in the top of the class for hits for nine innings uh, with his recent run of only 13 hits allowed over the last 27 innings pitched as another example of just how dominant he's been. His opposite number you mentioned, Porcello, has been wildly inconsistent in his last six starts, pitching to an ERA just under five and a whip north of one and a half. How do you see the others in this group? 
Um, well, I think, you know, you, you bring up some good, good points on Estrada and, you know, he has good recent history, um, going against Boston. Uh, he has a seven shutout inning appearance against the Red Sox, uh, to his credit or from earlier in this month. So, I mean, that's an encouraging sign, but still, you know, this is a road matchup in Boston. Um, so that's a little bit, uh, concerning for me. So I, I like Garrett Richards here going against the White Sox and, you know, countering my point, you know, regarding the Phillies earlier, this is a White Sox team that, that started to kind of open things up with their farm system and, and, you know, throw out some talented young players and they're starting to perform well. Um, so this isn't the, this complete, you know, deadbeat White Sox offense that we saw from earlier this year, but still Richards, uh, 12 strikeouts in his last 11 innings pitched. Uh, that's a span of two starts, two earned runs in that stretch. So I, I think there's a little bit of concern about how deep Richards gets into this game. Um, but the White Sox are a bit uh, strikeout prone, um, you know, around 23% strikeout rate over the last couple of weeks, uh, pretty middling weighted on base uh, as a team. So I, I, I do like Richards. I think this is a good matchup for him. And, uh, you know, obviously the Angels are going against Reynaldo Lopez, who's a young pitcher, talented, but I think he uh, could be liable to be touched up for some runs here. And then Danny Salazar is the other uh, consideration. Um, but, you know, he's making his final start of the season. But he's been in relief over the last month, so I, I doubt that he he's long for this game. So his chances of getting like a quality start for you uh, appear to be pretty low. And I'm not messing with the Twins right now. If if I'm picking my opposing pitchers right now, uh, I want no part of the Twins. Uh, exactly. Another good point, John. Finally, the rest of the pitchers below the 7,000 cutoff for me. The one that stands out in this group is uh, Milwaukee's Brandon Woodruff, who has had five solid starts in a row, one middling and one poor outing uh, to round out his last seven trips to the mound. He faces Homer Bailey, who's been consistent in, in pitching to an ERA just under seven. So I think he's aptly named and possibly tonight will pay for that in a big way. Milwaukee is in a wild card hunt and they won't stumble in this home game. Uh, are there any other viable options for you down here? Um, potentially, potentially Mark Leiter. And this is, this more has to do with if the Nationals go with uh, their, they roll out their JV lineup again tonight, uh, like they did a few times over the weekend. If they do that, then I think Mark Leiter picks up a bit of consideration, uh, really saves you a ton of money um, if you go that route. And I think that, you know, he he's talent wise, you know, he's he's definitely someone to consider. It's just a matter of, um, you know, is he going to be facing the murderer's row of Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, uh, Daniel Murphy, or is it going to be, you know, more of like an Alejandro de Haza, uh, type of lineup. So if, if that's the case, then lighter gets some consideration from me. Um, I guess Gabrielle Noah is a guy that, that pitched super well his last time out, but, uh, you can't really trust that. I think it was more of like an element of surprise type of deal, uh, than anything else. So I, I don't, I wouldn't trust him uh, on the road in Pittsburgh tonight. Um, so, you know, I, I think the lowest I'm going is Mark Leiter as far as my uh, pitchers go. Well, it's interesting that we've got different guys in this range, so people have some food for thought on the last episode here. John, before we go, move on to the position players, I know you're looking forward to this next ad. <laughs> Fantasy football fans, the wait is over. Football has been back for a few weeks, and that means we've been enjoying FanDuel football of late. Uh, Fantasy football is there for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Oh, it grates me to talk about this this next <laughs> little part here, John. You and I went head-to-head in the Rotowire staff uh, league, and uh, you had a big lead early. And I came almost all the way back. We were talking about, before the show, I had to come up with 15 and a half points to topple you after being down by about 45. And it came... On, uh, yeah, on Monday night, 
and uh, you had three guys going. Yeah, and the three guys are Bailey, Bryant, and Witten for the Cowboys. Now, if somebody didn't watch the game and saw the scoreline, they'd say, oh, Bruno cleaned up. Well, you know what? They came up with 12 points between them, and it was Bryce Harper, uh, Bryce, what's his name? Uh, Bryce Butler. Bryce Butler's coming out party. I, I, I don't know if I should be too happy about him or not, but I can't tell you when I've enjoyed a, a Cowboys football, football game less, I'll say that. And, uh, so like they're, they're scoring, but they're just the wrong guys were scoring that whole time. So, so yeah, I was sweating it out. Um, I, w- I was actually at a concert Monday night, but um, you know, I was checking my phone and, and checking the the game score, and I would see that the Cowboys had scored. And I was like, oh great, here, you know, I'm, I'm going to blow it on Monday night. But uh, you know, somehow, somehow, I was able to hold on. Um, so now I'm moving on to I think two and one in that in that road to wire Vegas league. So I was happy to pull that one off. Yeah, and I'm one and two because of that. But on the on the other side, on the plus side that wasn't very nice of you by the way john but on the plus side in the fantasy sports league show this is one oh, that's, I, mean, I was pulling punches man come on i didn't, I didn't go full-on trash talk there. <laughs> Listen to this. the win was enough the win was enough and it smarts i hope i don't miss the postseason for for the first time in our staff leagues that little hurt that'll really bug me in in uh, in other news though in the fantasy sports show league which i want to tout all season long as i'm doing well in it uh representing rotowire i went to three and oh in that high profile group of greats in the industry big bragging rights are on the line and a wwe style belt is uh, as well hopeful of making its way up north here to uh, the toronto area so uh, you know go ahead and brag about your squad and your experiences with FanDuel, john for a minute or two uh well uh, you know um I've kind of enjoyed getting into those Monday, Thursday slates for FanDuel. It's something that, that didn't really interest me as much last year, but it kind of adds an, an, an interesting wrinkle uh, to your to your week as far as DFS goes. So I've, en- I've enjoyed those. Uh, my Sunday lineups have gone, uh, you know, mixed results uh, to, to this point. A couple good weeks in there, but uh, last week wasn't uh, my best. But, you know, I, I've been, you know, hitting hitting this slate hard uh, for this coming week. I'm really looking forward to to cashing in uh, on Sunday. I like this. I like the way this slate is uh, shaping up. I think there's a lot of good values out there. So looking forward to uh, that that Friday uh, DFS football show that I do with Joe Pizapia. I've been right there with each of my teams all, all season long. I've got to say I've been consistent and, and I'm pretty happy with, with the output. I'd love to cash more, but uh, the cash rate's been pretty solid for me. I missed out by less than a point in one of my leagues last year, one of my teams last week, and it really bugged me on top of what I did with you. So I'm looking for a turnaround week. And uh, uh, you and I are both uh, a pair of the two and a half million players of one in cash while playing FanDuel, and we look forward to doing that over and over. Uh, as we're avid players to take advantage of our special offer for new users though we invite you to sign up today at fanduel.com slash rw you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus a free entry into the nfl sunday million which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on fanduel just visit fanduel.com slash rw please note that these contests are void where prohibited Okay, let's get into our position-by-position picks, John, starting with the catchers, as usual, where we see another narrow skew from top to bottom, but it's uh, got some big guys at the top that we should talk about, beginning with uh, 10 top picks at 3,000 or above. Kurt Suzuki at the top of the board, $3,800. I did a double take when I saw this, John. Right, me too. 
And, and I said, why? And then the answer came very quickly when you look at his game log and say, how about seven multi-hit games in his last 11? I said, wow, again. And then I figured it out. Okay, that makes some sense. Going with the hot stick. Sanchez is right up there at $3,700 with four multi-hit games, three homers, and seven RBIs in the last 10 games. So he's getting ready for the playoffs in fine style. They both make sense, but I don't like to pay up at catcher. And I don't think you do either when there are other quality, cheaper, and equally sensible cases to be made. What's your take on these guys and other guys price down to the three thousand dollar range john yeah it, it is really tempting to go with sanchez here and I, I understand that you know that's sort of not our brand to uh to pay up for for catchers in general uh we usually try to save up some money there and you know load up uh elsewhere but tonight i feel like sanchez makes a fair bit of sense going wow. against matt andres i mean what what he's done uh of late i think you can you can kind of uh still build a, a good lineup with with several uh you know higher priced outfielders even with sanchez in your lineup there i mean he's hitting uh 338 394 646 over the last three weeks five home runs in that stretch um so i I really do like sanchez a lot uh this evening and then i think wilson Contreras uh also is another guy to to consider for where he hits in that in that powerful lineup that that is looking to clinch uh the the uh the division uh tonight so three thousand going against michael Walker. i think that Contreras would be my other pick uh from up here and uh, it's hard to really pan what what kurt suzuki's doing uh right now and i, I assume a lot of people are going to be skeptical on it so i think that even at 3800 uh even with the recent production uh ownership should be pretty low on suzuki so if you if you do plug him into your lineup and it pays off uh that's going to go a long way uh, towards helping you cash tonight John, let's look at the remaining backstops below $3,000. For me, there's two guys that stand out in this range. Travis Darno, because of a recent tear, which includes four homers, nine ribbies, and a sizzling 389 batting average in the past week. That's hotness, man. Uh, a second viable option for me is Grant Dahl, who checks all my boxes again with a platoon advantage tonight against the pitcher, a solid power stroke that's going well, a current power binge, and he's also priced at $2,900. So there's two real good values, plays, sub-3,000 that I've identified. Uh, do you have any more um i think uh, jorge alfaro if he's in the lineup for philadelphia um he's you know part of that youth movement in philly i think that he makes a fair bit of sense uh tonight going against tanner roark um and then you know beyond that uh, maybe like a christian vasquez um 368 Wobo over the last two weeks home matchup against Estrada uh, again another guy that you got to make sure he's in the lineup but if he is um, you know he's a, he's a nice value that that you know save you some money um, and allows you to kind of stack up elsewhere and I also like Tucker Barnhart a fair bit too uh, going against a young Milwaukee pitcher uh, with with big stakes uh, involved. All right, let's move over to first base where we look at the top tier of guys all over $3,500. I'm not surprised to see Edwin Encarnacion at the top of this list for $4,300. John, he's been hitting more bombs than just about anybody in the second half of the year, and the pace has only increased in the past eight games with four homers, 13 ribbies, and 11 runs scored. That's a lot of crooked numbers, man. Votto is next up at 4100 He's hit safely in 13 of his last 14 games. Throw in his platoon advantage against Woodruff. This case is made very easily as well. I'm going to lean on the batter pitcher sample for Rizzo versus Waka, though, which shows a 17 for 36 ledger, and it also includes plenty of crooked numbers, but note this, only two strikeouts. That means the bat's on the ball almost every time, and with Rizzo, that means it's hard hit most of the time, too. Your breakdown, sir. 
Um, I, I think that Joey Votto is probably my favorite play today, period. Um, you know, he's a guy that um, just unbelievably disciplined at the plate. You know, he's a guy that you could argue um, if the Reds were anywhere sniffing uh, contention that, that he would be deserving of the NL MVP for what he's done this year. Um, over the last month or so, uh, slashing 364, 485, his on base is 485. So he's basically getting on base half the time, which is just absurd. And then 455, uh, again, draws a right-hander tonight. So you got to like that. He smokes right-handed pitching um, in general, well over hitting well over 300 against them. And uh, you just got to figure that he's going to be on base a few times tonight. And I, I think that this is a Milwaukee team that's a little bit playing a little bit tight right now, probably a little bit nervous that Woodruff is going out there in such a huge game uh, for them. And I think Votto, Votto and the Reds are going to be kind of a, a pain um, for the Brewers tonight. So I do like Votto a fair bit. If we go sub 3,500 3, here, I'm looking at a trio of sluggers, John, including a year, one of your faves, Chris Davis, Kendris Morales on the Toronto side, and Logan Morrison, all from the AL East, actually, and all of whom have picked it up of late and look, are looking to continue to make pitchers pay for their mistakes with their power strokes intact. You'll find all three of them in between $3,300 and $2,800 on the price list that FanDuel puts out today. Who else do you like in this lower rent district, John? Um, I got to stick with that same game we, we were just talking about with the Reds and the Brewers. I mean, if there's one guy that's that's been a lock against uh, one given opponent this year, it's been Eric Thames. Um, the way that he's played against the Reds this year, 10 home runs against the Reds wow. this year. That's that's absurd. You know, and he gets a matchup against Homer Bailey. Everything kind of the stars kind of align uh, for that one. Um, his his overall op- or, uh, overall slash line going against the reds this year 333 469 922 um that i mean those are just uh, you know video game type numbers so i think that thames uh saves you a fair bit of money and i and i think that he's going to be able to deliver tonight um the other only other one uh kind of down uh in this range adam lind uh 3100 weighted on base of 423 over the last uh month and an ops well over a thousand also in that in that stretch so those are two kind of promising numbers he's a guy that you got to make sure is in the line up right um but you know if, you, if you're counter to my opinions on mark Leiter tonight then lind could be a guy that you use against him john at second base let's look at the top end there down to 3500 again where we see jose ramirez and brian dozier and juan Moncada as the top three options on the FanDuel board i see the case for the two veterans who are the hottest hitting second baseman in the past week but not really for Moncada. Uh, what what are your thoughts on about that comment and the rest of this top tier merrifield for uh, in addition also makes a lot of sense at 3800 when you consider that he's at the top of the royals order has some pop in that bat and faces zimmerman whose era is north of 6.0 i'll throw that out there um, well, with with Mankata, you know, you, he's like the whole package. I mean, he's a guy that's, um, you know, kind of fun. He's been a guy that's been talked about for forever since he came right. over from Cuba. And, uh, you know, it's it's starting to click for him. And it's obviously reflected um, in his FanDuel pricing here. And he's got six home runs against right-handed pitching, um, OPS close to 900. Um, so, you know, those numbers are starting to cr- crawl up to, to expectations. And he can just hurt you in so many different ways. Not only does he have a ton of power, but he's got some speed to him. And he can sweat. You can take that extra base, you know, if it's, if it's just like a – you know, a looper to the gap. Uh, he can definitely stretch that out for a double, you know, any given time. So he, he's just a, a speed power threat combo that, that, um, I think is kind of worth that 4,000 price tag, even though he, he, the track record, uh, hasn't really caught up with him yet. 
Uh, let's look at the guys uh, from 3400 on down. I like the power and the nine-game hit streak of Scooter Gannett, $3,400. I'm so proud of myself for identifying this guy last year at the expense of several others that I play in another league with, and I lorded over them all season long. He's made me so proud. I'm happy about that and might go with him tonight. Zobrist is another guy, always a tough out, John. Two homers in his last three games and facing Waka, who I mentioned has struggled uh, mightily against this Cubs lineup when you look at the head-to-head matchup top to bottom. And don't forget Forget the Cubbies want to clinch their playoff spot. So champagne's on ice, and I think Zobrist's going to rise the occasion tonight. Your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on on Jeanette, and then you know couple that with 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 Votto, and I think that you it'd be wise to uh, kind of get a bit of a at least a miniature uh, Reds stack in order today. And I, I'm you know I'm with you there. His OPS over the last uh, month or so is close to a thousand. Uh, just really solid, consistent numbers, uh, good numbers against the Brewers, too. And I'm sure that he has a little bit of added motivation, uh, having been D- DFA'd by them earlier in the year, now having a chance to kind of, uh, you know, injure their playoff chances. Um, so I do like Jeanette uh, a fair bit at second base. And it's kind of it's going to be tough for me to really kind of go any other direction than his um, at second tonight. John, let's look at the hot corner there at third base where we see the usual suspects priced above $3,500. It includes includes a group of eight options, but for me, there's only one choice, and that's Josh Donaldson at $3,700, who has more homers than anybody in the American League post-All-Star, and his batting average well north of 300 in that span. He also faces Porcello, who is probably sweating tonight's matchup already. I mean, the Jays bat... Uh, They've been slumbering most of the early part of the season, but they're coming uh, to life when it doesn't really matter at all. You've seen Morales get a bunch of homers. Now you've seen Donaldson get a bunch of homers and then throw in a young kid like Teoscar Hernandez, who I'll talk about a little bit later. The bats are booming, but it's too late in the game for the season long and uh, my, my team's hopes there. But uh, Donaldson looks to be the head head and shoulders above the rest of the field uh if you look at the top of the board fitting in uh, bryant would be a luxury at forty six hundred dollars he's worth it though based on an 11 to uh, 11 for 22 sample in his last six games and is a very good head head head-to-head history versus waka as well i'd normally be all over this but that's just too much money to spend i already said the cubs are looking to clinch tonight didn't i though and this team leader will be ready to bring it tonight if you can fit him in at all yeah, I think Bryant Bryant is certainly a great call. It's just you know a matter of being able to work him into your lineup. I think Donaldson, like you said, uh, one of the hottest bats in, in all of baseball right now. He's just absolutely crushing pretty much everything he sees, which is has been good to see. But you know, it, it, again, a little bit uh, too late uh, for that one. I think Travis Shaw, a left-handed bat for the Brewers. Again, uh, that game I think is going to be providing a lot of offensive fireworks uh, tonight. And then uh, Jamer Candelario, former Cub now on Detroit um, is a guy that over the last month or so now that he kind of uh, has a clear path to playing time uh, for the Tigers I think he's been very very solid um, you know last month or so 346 average 433 op- or, uh, on base and a 513 slugging so those are all really promising numbers um, so again if he's in the lineup he did return to the lineup uh, Tuesday I think I could see him uh, paying off for just 3200 and also Mike Moustakis at 2800 you're kind of just catching him at a, at a nice value there against a, a weak Detroit team. So I think, you know, the third baseman on either side of that game uh, make plenty of sense from both a value and upside perspective. Uh, let's look at the group now below $3,500. You know, without asking that I like Longoria for $3,100, you get a middle of the order bat and a guy who's favor- favorable head to head sample against Severino 
over their respective careers. So for, that's a pretty cheap price to get him in there. If you're looking at, for a long, further long shot, take a shot, look at Adonis Garcia for $2,000. Six for 11, uh, head-to-head versus Gesalman. Make sure he's in the lineup, though. That's uh, a complete flyer uh, based on a small sample size. But hey, the numbers don't lie, and maybe he pays off for two grand. That's that's uh, an interesting call, but uh, I mean, hey, man, uh, you know, like, like just like they said in, in that movie, The Waterboy, last game of the season, uh, you know, no holds barred. So uh, I'm I'm with you there, Adonis Garcia. Why, you know, why not? If he's in the lineup, why not? <laughs> Let's look over at the shortstops, then, John, where we see a number of premium guys over thirty five hundred dollars. Your thoughts on this range? Um, it's, yeah, shortstop. I mean, Lindor, you know, kind of like Jose Ramirez. I mean, just the, this entire Indians team has just been remarkable, especially um, in the second half. It, it's really, again, just a matter of are you able to uh, afford uh, a lineup that, that involves uh, some Indians because 44 for a middle infield spot uh, is awfully rich. Um, I, I do like some of the value guys uh, down a little bit further. Um, but if you wanted to pay up a little bit, uh, I think the Trey Turner again against a, a young uh, Mark Leiter at four thousand. You know the the speed that he brings to the table. You you know you assume if he gets on base, he's going to swipe a bag, at least one bag. Um, so I probably like. Uh, Turner the most of this sort of upper tier of the shortstops. Yeah, there's a couple of head scratchers in this group for me. Jose Reyes, foremost among them, $4,100. I don't think I'd ever pay that much for this guy. He's He carved himself a reputation as being really an enigmatic guy when he was in Toronto, and that's one guy, you know, we'll get into this later, but that's one guy I tend to avoid in, in DFS play just because you never know what you're going to get from this guy from one night to the next, so I'll throw that out uh, just as a thought. Jorge Polanco makes a lot of sense. He's had a nice run for Minnesota. Minnesota, $4,000 might be my favorite guy in this range, John. Uh, I'd also uh, recommend fading Xander Bogarts. He, sent, he tends to disappoint when he faces the, the Jays, and I'll just throw that out, uh, this matchup. Not it's got to be like the first time you faded Xander Bogarts the entire season. It's against Toronto, and, and I've seen enough of this guy, uh, again, leading to a discussion we'll have at the end of the show. Didi Gregorius, though, for his part with the Yankees, continues to do a really nice imitation of the the Hall of Famer Derek Jeter, so he's up there at $3,500. I wonder what you think about him in that matchup, John. Uh, you know, going against Andres, uh, you know, he's another guy that, that I think makes plenty of sense for the Yankees. I think that uh, Gregorius really does kind of have that uh, the rare uh, power upside for, for a shortstop, or at least he's exhibited Oh, this past year. So, you know, if you wanted to go with a, a like a mini Yankee stack that, that had Gary Sanchez and Didi Gregorius, I think that would be like a pretty awesome sort of miniature building block for your lineup. John, I got a couple of names for you below the 3,500 mark. One that you're going to love is Paul DeYoung. You've been on this guy for several weeks. Now he's priced at $2,900 and you can sign me up for that power bat. A guy who has averaged 10 plus FanDuel points per game played uh, to quote you, why not? This is a good reward for that price tag. And then as a tournament flyer play, I go a little bit further down the board to Darwin Barney for $2,500 in the Fenway band box. Listen up, 7 for 17 against Porcello. Again, no strike, no strikeouts at all in that sample size. The ball's going to be in play if he gets in there. But make sure he's in the Jays lineup before you pick him because they've been throwing out all kinds of different lineups with the expanded roster in the last couple of weeks. No, that I think, yeah, I think that's that's definitely an interesting, you know, GPP one that that is going to give you some separation from the rest of the field. Um, so he's he's interesting. Again, always always in on Paul DeYoung, uh, no matter what. Um, but one that one that uh, just kind of stood out to me 
and it, you know, I've, I've kind of fallen for this trap several times throughout the year, but, but where Corey Seager's priced, um, he's, he's been pretty bad over the last month. I, I will be, uh, completely honest on that one, you know, under, under 200 batting average over the last month, but, and, and he's going against a left-hander. I think that's definitely going to scare some people off. And it's probably part of the reason why he's down at 2,700, but, uh, the talent alone at 2,700, just, you know, I'm betting on it, uh, tonight and, at, you know, getting you know as opposed to getting like a punt price and a punt player you're getting a, a really good player at a, at a discount uh here tonight and i know that he's burned people uh several times throughout the year when he is priced low but uh, this is one night when when he's going against richard uh and the padres that i, I do believe that Seeger will be able to deliver John, let's turn our attention to the outfield where we see a number of the premium options at or north of $4,000 at the very top end. The cases are easily made for Judge and Trout. Both young guys have really got it going right now. I'd recommend fading both Betts and Benintendi, though, due to nagging injuries. There's both list, both lists is very doubtful for tonight. Bryce Harper is another fade for me at $4,000, just coming back off injury. And I noted that he batted uh, second last night in the order, but only made three plate appearances before being pulled out late in that game. So I'll be buying from lower tiers than this. How about you? Um, I, I'm in on Mike Trout uh, tonight. I was able to, to construct my lineup in a way where I could fit in uh, nice. the 4600 price tag. Um, but, but I think you're right that in kind of pointing out those other landmines uh, at, at the upper part of the board. I, I think Bryce Harper, um, the Nationals are going to be extremely cautious with him uh, up until the beginning of the postseason as he kind of works uh, his way back to 100% from that, you know, terrifying knee injury that happened in August. Um, but I, I do like uh, Trout a fair bit. Uh, Tommy Pham had a side contusion last night as a result of uh, him getting plunked by a pitch. So again, uh, no love lost between the, the Cardinals and the Cubs uh, heading into tonight. But you know, you got to be concerned that uh, even with Pham, Pham's recent production, he's been great. Um, you got to wonder if he's going to be uh, in the lineup tonight. Um, so I like Ryan Braun a fair bit at 3,900 too. And sort of like Eric Thames, um, he's had incredible numbers against the Reds this year. Um, 317 batting average and OPS at 1.101. Six home runs, 12 RBI. Um, those are just awesome numbers uh, across the board. And I, I think that, you know, going against a guy like Homer Bailey, um, I think that he's going to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, he has 44 career at bats against Homer Bailey, eight extra base hits, uh, nine RBI, OPS of 1.144. So Braun. Braun should definitely be a part of your Brewer stack tonight. Yeah, I love that call in this price point. He's definitely finding his way into my lineups and in a couple of situations. I also like Eddie Rosario here because of his recent successes, John. He and his mates also have a great history against Indian starter Danny Salazar. And let's face it, the Indians are coasting into the postseason. You wonder if this guy's going to have his foot on the gas uh, tonight and uh, maybe maybe the opposition jumps on him a little bit. So that's my thought there. Let's next consider the range from 3,500 on down to the bottom, including a tourney player to below $3,000. John, for me, uh, first of all, I'm going to mention I'm going to fade Lorenzo Kane because he's already been given the day off, so don't go there. But uh, I, I like Andrew McCutcheon a lot right now. He's got a 370 batting average. Wait, you like him after he had an 8-RBI game? Yeah, a little bit. You know, he, Amazing. I, I'm a big fan of this guy, and I've been for a long <laughs> time. You know what? He's wound the clock back up, and he's looked every bit like his former all-star self and uh, i i confess to being a big fan of this guy only thirty two hundred dollars the price tag maybe the people that put the price tag out didn't watch last night's game john what do you think about that 
<laughs> yeah, it could be, or, you know, there's just not enough time to adjust it after. Yeah. That was a monster game. I think that was his first career grand slam yes, too, if was. you can believe it. it. So yeah, he, he really let it rip last night. And that was then, awesome. And then to close my analysis uh, this week and this year, actually, I'll go with two blue Jays, John. I mentioned Teoscar Hernandez, who's tied the Jays all time rookie record with seven home runs in September. He hit a pair last night and he's only priced at $3,100. So I might throw him in a lineup or two as well. And finally, uh, last nod, I promised to Jose Bautista. His swan song with Toronto is nearing in the end, I think. But I can't overlook a 17 for 48 sample against Porcello, which includes five uh, round trippers, all for just $2,900. So one final time, I might throw him in. Right on. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think, you know, there, there's a lot uh, to, to like about what, what Bautista's done throughout his career in Toronto. So hopefully he kind of is able to, to deliver for you on, on the last uh DFS podcast that where he's probably going to be um, in a Toronto uniform. I, I think if you move way down the board here, uh, which I had to do to in order to fit uh, Mike Trout in, I, I felt like uh, Stephen Piscotty, even though his recent numbers haven't been great, he pretty much deserves that twenty three hundred price tag. Um, he's he's going against a guy John Lackey who I, I don't think is particularly sharp right now, um, and I, I think that Piscotty. Uh, he's probably not going to hit in a great spot in that lineup, but I think you could do a lot worse if you if you're kind of pinched up um, against the cap there. Um, Twenty three hundred certainly can kind of help you uh, round out the rest of your lineup. Speaking of the rest of your lineup, why don't you tell us what you got set up for tonight, John? All right, so at, at pitcher I have Garrett Richards, so eighty two hundred, uh, kind of a, a nice mid range guy um, at, at that spot. I got Jorge Alfaro. Um, as my catcher again you're gonna have to uh, keep an eye out make sure that he's in the lineup but if he is um, I do like his chances this evening against the the Nationals then I have a, a miniature red stack here with Joey Votto and Scooter Jeanette uh, at first and second base uh, 4100 for Votto 3400 for Jeanette um, then moving over to the third base spot uh, Mike Moustakis at 2800 uh, shortstop Corey Seager and then uh, for my outfield Braun uh, Mike Trout and Stephen Piscotty rounding things out in my outfield. All right, and uh, I will counter with this lineup. I will have uh, Marco Estrada pitching for me uh, against the Red Sox. I love that matchup for him, even though you, you're worried about the size of the park. I just watched the way Estrada's pitching. The ball must look like a marble to some of the batters right now. Travis Darno is my catcher of note. I gave the, the comment about him being priced at $2,900 just despite a recent power surge that I'll be all over. And that allows me to fit in a guy like Anthony Rizzo at first base. I think it's celebration time in Chicago tonight, and he'll be a big part of a big win. Starling Castro, a guy who's performed very well for the Yankees all season long, priced underwhelmingly at $2,900. We didn't really talk about him much on the show, but I think that's a startling price tag for a guy who's been a middle-of-the-order bat for the Yankees and a productive one at that. And Josh Donaldson at the hot quarter, I've already said my piece, $3,700 a bargain for this guy. Paul DeYoung, I I think I might have stolen your thunder here for the St. Louis shortstop. $2,900 his price tag. I had to go cheap to get a a couple of these guys in the lineup. One of them you mentioned and we both spoke glowingly of was Ryan Braun. I'll throw him in there against Cincinnati. Homer Bailey's going to get lit up like a Christmas tree tonight, I think. $3,900 the price tag there. McCutcheon, who is back, and I'm happy about it. $3,200, a cheap price for a guy who's got it going right now. And of course, one final nod to Jose Bautista, $2,900 his price tag. Now I'm curious to see what the optimizer throws out, John. Uh, the optimizer today, uh, it's a big fan of Rich Hill at the pitcher spot, uh, starting things out for you. So uh, safe, you know, win probability there, uh, 10,200 for him. Russell Martin at catcher, uh, 2,900 going against 
Porcello and the Red Sox, and then uh, a pair of left-handed uh, infielders on the from the right side. We got Logan Morrison uh, at first base for three thousand against the Yankees, and Severino, Daniel Murphy um, at thirty-four hundred uh, going against Mark Leiter and the Phillies. So pretty nice values from all of those. Your guy Evan Longoria at thirty-one hundred um, going again against uh, the Yankees. At shortstop, Andrelton Simmons, who quietly has you know, really had an excellent uh, year this year offensively, done a lot more uh, from from a power perspective than people were expecting, 2,700 for him. Then Mike Trout at 4,600, so big on Trout. Jose Bautista, another one, 2,900, and then Adam Duvall rounding things out as you know, a sort of uh, pivot punt play. If, if you're going to that part of the board, I had Piscotti, but the optimizer likes uh, Duvall for 2,200 as well. So, you know, in wrapping that up, you know, it's our it's our last episode of the season. I got to know who have been some of your favorite uh, guys that that have kind of always panned out for you uh, in DFS this season. Who are some ones that that you've, you know, tried to keep the faith on, but they've repeatedly burned burned you throughout this year? Well, the flops are easy to come up with, John, because we talked about them a lot in the first I did in the first half of the season. I kind of gave up on them the last few weeks. Jonathan Lucroy came coming off a year where he was right there with the top catchers in baseball. He just fell off the, the end of the earth, making me think maybe the earth is flat because he, he's been MIA for a long, long time. And he's even in a good situation in Colorado where he, he came, came up a little, little bit, but, but he's killed me all year long. And right there with him is Jason Kipnis, another guy who I've got a lot, lot of time for. He helped me win a big, champ, big uh, prof, high-profile championship on the baseball side last year, was my team and league MVP. So I gave him a lot of chances this year, and he left me wanting every single time. So those are my two easy flops to identify. On the flip side, I've been touting Didi Gregorius as a Derek Jeter uh, maybe a mini version of him but he's been really really good every time I put him in and then of course Edwin Encarnacion particularly in the second half has been red hot delivering all kinds of power shots so whenever I picked him among this the uh, elite first baseman he really delivered for me, for me consistently so those are my uh, pec- picks and pans how about how about you um, you know, I think it's no surprise that, that Paul DeYoung has sort of been uh, someone that, that I've used a fair bit with a lot of success this year. I mean, 24 home runs from from a shortstop uh, who like was barely even talked about uh, coming into this season. Uh, he's been really great, and he, his price has been pretty consistently affordable. Um, so he's been a huge part of my DFS season. Uh, Tommy Pham as well in that same lineup. Uh, both of those guys have really uh, kind of come on and, and into their own. Tommy Pham putting together a 2020 season, super impressive uh, for a guy that that was maybe considered at at best like a fourth outfielder um, for them. Um, But guys that, that I've sort of, you know, tried to ride with and it just it just hasn't really panned out uh, more often than not. Um, pretty much everyone from the Orioles, uh, a, a, a Trumbo and, and Chris Davis, both those guys have been continually disappointing. Um, I, I feel like I've I've always wanted to to consider some Mookie bets, and then I just miss out on like his his rare monster games, and then I'm at, you know it's like okay, this is the night I'm using Mookie, and I get a goose egg from him. So he's been particularly frustrating uh, for me as well. Uh, Seager, Corey Seager, that is, um, he's someone that that I've tried to go after it when he's when his price is low and he's burned me so i know i rec- recommended him tonight hopefully one last time that that gets things turned around oh and i'd also like to say that uh, robinson can 
know is someone that I've used consistently at second base because his price is always like in like the 3,500 range yeah. or so. So you never break the bank to, to get Cano and he was always kind of uh, good to deliver and get on, get himself on base. So I've been a huge fan of his uh, throughout the season as well. Okay, John, I'm going to put your feet to the fire. We've talked to DFS all year long, but now it's prediction time on the globe, the, the major league baseball scale. We got to tell our listeners who we think wins each league in the playoffs and the ultimate world series pick. And I say we give a point for, to each one we get right. And the guy with the most points gives the other guy a dollar from their, their native land. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in. Sign me up. Okay. So uh, who do you like in the American league? First of all, the national league. Um, I, I would say that my, my ALCS, uh, pig, uh, Line, or uh, matchup is going to be probably Indians Red Sox, uh, assuming that uh, the Red Sox a- end up pulling out uh, the East, uh, so they line up. Um, I, I would I would take the Indians in that one, and then uh, on the National League side, I think we're going to see uh, the Nats versus the Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers, even though even what they've done over the last month, it has to be very harrowing if you are a Dodgers fan. Um, I still think that this is a team that can pick it up uh, in October. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, the Dodgers versus the Indians in the World Series. And I will go with the Dodgers to win it all. All right. Well, you've, you've, we've both e- e- agree on the Indians winning the AL, so that's a wash. So it comes down to what we think of the National League. And uh, the team that's impressed me in the second half is the D-backs. They've got their pitching in order, their hitting. We've talked about it all year long, and uh, they certainly have the Dodgers number. If they go head-to-head, I certainly like them easily over the Dodgers, I'll say that. Easily. Yes, nice. easily. And then so they'll face the Indians in the World Series, but I think it's Cleveland's year. Uh, there's just too much depth on this team. And if uh, if ever uh, that Luke, that Kipnis guy gets his act together again it'll be even a stronger lineup so i'll go with the indians in the world series and we'll see where the chips fall john again it's been great working with you all year long partner hey you too paul this is a great great year too uh looking forward to next season already but yeah this year especially we had some really great weeks here so really enjoyed it and uh gonna gonna miss you this winter so i'm just gonna have to listen to your hockey podcast i guess to to kind of get me over the 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 bruno withdrawals very good friend so there you have it for john mckechnie who remains a great follow at johnny mckex i'm paul bruno and you can follow me at statsman22 we wish you good luck with your fan picks come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition So long, everybody. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done